0: You're a man that controls his own destiny, a man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.
1: All right, welcome back to Alpha Quorum. I don't even know what episode we're on yet. Episode seven I'm, is it episode seven already? Good grief, that's awesome. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas tonight. Um, hey, uh, have you seen the um, the Him Two hashtag?
2: Have you seen that? Yeah, I, I was actually just reading an article about it this morning, and I'm not. I'll be honest, I just quite don't don't know what to do with it at this point. What did the article say? I haven't. Uh, um, it really talks a lot about that whole Him Two movement and. And men as victims, and um, I talked a little bit about this this guy who's <laughs> well seemingly well-intentioned mom posted a, uh, I think it was a tweet about him and how she is worried about her son and how we should all be worried about our sons. And um,
1: well, according to President Trump, he said we ought to be worried. It's a bad time. to. Be, didn't he say that? He said something like that? I think
2: he? that was a response to that whole movement, yeah, whole okay. mentality.
1: So that's, okay.
2: So, I I don't I don't know what you guys think. I just don't know, don't quite know what to do with this information at this point. You know, I've got sons myself. I've got two boys, and they're in this this world now that they can't escape. Um, I don't know. What, let's talk about that for a second. What do you guys think is the best way to approach that with with young men? I work with men for a living. Mike works works with a lot of men. Brad works with a lot of men. Um. What do you guys think? How do how do we manage our men that we're basically helping and responsible for?
1: Well, let me ask you this. I mean, as far as the him two thing, as far as the him th- two thing, I mean, the the the, um, the mother wrote the post, right? And she was concerned for her son. Am I am I understanding this correctly? Yeah. Okay. She
2: hey. wrote. She said her son was refusing to go on solo dates due to the current climate of false sexual accusations by a radical feminist with an axe to grind. Gotcha. Well, I wouldn't go
1: out with a radical feminist with an axe to grind either, regardless of the hashtag. <laughs> but,
2: Actually, but I, how do you know?
1: My policy is to not date radical. <coughs> Feminists at all? I don't even like to be. I'm insane. sure Mrs. Johnson appreciates that. I go with
0: that guy. He's a Navy guy. He's he's got great hair, like hell. I I don't know. That's I kind
1: of I got to be honest with you. I kind of hate the whole. I mean, I hated the Me Too thing because it was just a bunch of people acting like victims and whining and things like that. And it sounds to me like the Him Too thing is guys are just trying to get in on the
2: uh, the victimhood, the
1: victimhood action, and trying to you know, I don't know. Make an excuse for why their life isn't the way they wanted or designed it to be, or what? What do you think, Mike?
0: It's very probable that that's a good that's a good logical thing to, to direction to go. I, I agree. I think that any time a group gets together and says we're oppressed, I don't discount the oppression. I think though that is a call to arms for that particular group, then to get their act together and figure out what it is that uh, they need to do within that system to stop being that victim. Right. So that is that is um so here here's what I think. I don't know. That didn't really get to it. This is what I think. Men right now in the American society and our culture, we are not we are not victimized. We're just not. I am a white suburban American man. I feel zero social pressure. None. I don't agree with anybody who says it's a bad time to be a man. I don't accept that. As a man, I don't, I don't agree at all. I, I, would, I would agree with you. I don't have the slightest would, bit of fear for my child either. For my 12-year-old son, I am not worried about him. Not it's in the a least. confusing time to be a guy. It, Wouldn't you but agree? not I for mean- the reasons, not for these reasons. I think it is a confusing time to be a man, but I don't think it has anything to do. I think this is a straw man argument. I think everything that's happening right now in this men's movement is off mark. It's off topic. It is not really the, the 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 salient topic that men are dealing with and why men are if we use suffering or failing, whatever whatever it is, it's not because of why we are being told it's the reason. That's not the reason. So this whole like Brett Kavanaugh thing to me just feels like a whole smoke screen. It's uh, it doesn't feel at all in my so in my personal experience, the men that I work with that are uh, three wheels on the ground. It has nothing to do with anything that's happening right now like in pop culture. All of this stuff in pop culture has nothing to do with why these men that I know are chugging along at half power. Pop,
1: pop culture gives them an, an excuse for why their life isn't the way they would want it. Wouldn't I mean, that would be they've convinced themselves that whatever the media or movies or society is telling them right now that's the reason why they've only got three wheels on the ground to borrow your metaphor correct
0: yeah yeah i just don't accept every all of the messaging that's happening right now i don't think it's the right messaging well, i, I don't, don't think these are the right problems to fight
1: well i kind of feel like i mean i feel like maybe if there's anything unique about um this time in history and i have no i mean my my lifetime is the only kind of historical frame of reference that I know to work with. But man, the way I see it right now, men and women have never hated each other more than they do right now. I mean, we're, we really are on different. It, it seems to me just as an observer that there is, there is a movement, there are forces in this, you know, in Western civilization and Western society that are trying to pit men and women against each other. When you say that, I mean, I, I
0: I think How political do you see it any other way? I think political movements need need enemies. And this is the new enemy du jour. Right now in pop culture, the the uh, the messaging is, the branding of the message is let's pit men and women against each other. So I'm on track with you, yes, I agree. I just think it is a stupid wrong message, it's a waste of time. This whole argument, this whole conversation that's on fire right now is just but you can't a whole distraction.
1: I, I, I agree with you that I think it's mostly B you know it's mostly just BS. But the reality is there are a lot of people out there that see it that way. They see that, you know, I mean, I've I've been divorced a couple of times, so I know what it's like to be kind of at odds with somebody of the opposite sex, something somebody that you used to share something in common with. So I can I can definitely relate to the guy who says like you know, all women are bad, or I can even relate to the women that say men are pigs or things like, or or something to that nature. I guess my my question is, whether we agree with it, or or my, my point is, is whether we agree with it or not, it seems to be the order of things right now, as you've got on one side of the spectrum, you've got the women that are looking out for themselves. And my personal opinion is there's never been a better time in the history of the world to be a woman in any country as America, they can do whatever they want. And then men on the other side that are feeling like they can't be themselves or they can't they have to apologize for certain for for, for certain things that they want to do or be or become.
0: Yes, that's what's being projected, but I think that is just a a broken narrative. So men are men can't be free to be douchebags. That's what I think is happening is is dickhead dudes. Are, rebe- are, are just mad that their douchebaggery is getting called out and shut down.
1: I love that word, by the way, douchebaggery. I heard it
0: from you the other day when yeah, we had Yeah, I, cat- I saw you <laughs>
1: pulled that from me. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't just, know where I took that. I don't know where I got it, but I tell you what, it comes in handy from time yes. to time.
0: So if a douchebag is saying it's a tough time to be a man, he's right. He's absolutely right. That dude, male uh, masculinity 1.0, if that's it. That should be killed off, and I'd be happy to drive the first knife into the heart of it. All right, so let's do
1: this. Why don't we, if we we were having this conversation, it'll be on the gag reel sometime, because I'm sure we said some really awful things. But we were talking that now we're in the fourth wave feminism, correct? Did we all agree?
2: Yeah. Fourth we're, way feminism.
1: We're in for, uh, Any opposed manifest? Yep. Okay, no, we're all in fourth way fem- <laughs> feminism. As men,
0: we now have de- declared. So we are, can we say
1: that? What is today, October what? Fourteenth, two thousand eighteen. All can day we, long. Can we, the four of us in this little room here that we're recording tonight, can we go ahead and can we hit start on masculinism 2.0? Is that? Is that? Are, are we here yet? Can we do that?
0: I'm committed to that personally. Okay. I think
2: there's p- potential there for sure.
1: Masculinism is really hard to say. I'm going to have to work on a shorter way of putting that out. You just out.
0: George bush a new word. How about you masculinity? Did, I did. <laughs> You just made a word. <laughs> I did. I
1: made up masculinism. But you know what? Somebody had to make How up about the word.
2: Meninist.
1: That sounds to me like. <laughs> Well, Am- f- that's coming from the Amish classes that Spurgeon over there, Hobo, Hobo Moped is talking about. So, well, let me ask you this. You all three, Brad, I'm going to make you talk on this one. He, he's hiding behind the laptop, and he's <laughs> super excited. He's got his little board there. He's mixing the sound, and I'm sure we sound amazing. But my question is, these are the, the time that we're living is the time we're living. We don't really get to control that. We don't have a say in it. And you have sons you're raising, Jeremy. You've got two. How old are your sons? I've got an 8-year-old and a 13-year-old. Brad, go ahead and speak up. Six boys. Holy crap. Are there any girls in your house other than Mrs. Singletary?
3: Nope, just a little dachshund.
1: Six boys and a wiener dog. Chawinie. That's awesome. (laughs) Is that that his name? Six boys. Chawinie, that's
3: the the mix between a chihuahua and a a, a, a dachshund. Oh, that's
0: that's weird. It's like a Mexican hot dog right there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A little chorizo. (laughs) that's funny so um so you got six boys oldest is 15 15 youngest is one okay so here the thing of it is like it's crazy out there like it's the him too it's the me too it's everybody as at everybody else's throats all right and you can see in this environment how a re- an otherwise, I mean, you look at, we keep going back to Kavanaugh because it's now and it's relevant, but we can see how an otherwise productive member of society who, you know, was a frat boy in college, big deal, who cares, has his life absolutely destroyed in the blink of an eye because somebody wants to level an accusation at him. And I don't even care if the accusation's true or not. At this point, I don't even think it's relevant. The question is how do we protect our sons? From having to deal with something like this, and for me, excuse me, I had to, I had to burp there. That's manly. Is it very, very manly? Well, you're not going to like the smell of it in just a second when it hits over that side of the room. But no, Mike. I I guess the question is, how are we going to? How do we teach our sons to navigate in this type of environment where things that we did? I'm 44. How old are you, Mike?
0: 47, 48, 40. one of those. I'm
1: finally not the oldest guy <laughs> in the room. Jeremy, you?
2: 36.
1: 36, and Brad? 43. 43. So how do we raise our sons? I mean, like this stuff can come back and bite you at any time. What are we going to teach? How do we teach our sons? We can't change it. This is the situation we're in. How do you, how do you, how do you equip your sons to deal with this?
3: Well, for me, I think, you know, if you're having a conversation, if you're just, if you have a relationship with your son first, that's, that's number one, just talk with them. And the other day we were uh, actually going to uh, the electronics store to pick up some of our cords and whatever here. And my kids saw on the, uh, on the Stoney's, what is it over there? The, the country bar. And it was like ladies night. And it was talking about Uh, dollar dollar one dollar for ladies night for women to get in we and so we're talking about that we've been talking about Kavanaugh so I I don't know the answer about how to protect them but I know that the uh, first I don't know how to talk to them about this issue necessarily but we need to be talking to them number one having a conversation having a relationship allowing them to ask questions have some answers have an opinion those are some of my thoughts. All right, to begin I've got with. a
1: I've got a gun to your head right now, Brad. You have to give me an answer. Like, no, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. That's why I'm asking you because I don't know what the answer
3: is. Well, I think if they're aware of it, you know, I, I think they heard about this through school. Their school teachers and I and I get so annoyed by some of the conversations that they're having in school, but I'm glad they're having those conversations. I just think sometimes those are always leaning one direction, and uh, I don't always agree with that direction. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Help me out. I here. mean, but I tell I've
2: you got, what. I've got. I've got go th- ahead, I, Jeremy. I'll I'll help yeah, I, I, I you out, Brad. Holy
1: cow! Can I just interrupt for just Jeremy? Your voice. Sounds really good. It's, gonna, it's the cough drop, no, it, it sounds like get, Barry White in here. It's going <laughs> to get better and better as the it night sounds goes like on. like
2: Barry White. That's amazing. I'll make sure Mrs. Levitt uh, listens to this one. <laughs> um, I've so,
1: never met Mrs. Levitt. How do I know she's real?
2: Oh, I'll let you meet her. She she. You'll let me meet I'll her? I'll let you meet her. I'm very you, protective. Are you? Yeah. I would be with me. Yeah. She used to work a hot dog on a stick, and I used to have to go, like, <laughs> sit there at the <laughs> counter and... Be the she wore the hat? Yeah, I wore the hat, made lemonade. It was epic.
1: Is that how you met her? You went in there and I
2: actually met her at church, but then I stalked her there. So that at, church at or Hot, dog, at at hot the, dog on a stick. Well
1: you stalked her at Hot yeah, Dog. Yeah, once I that?
2: found out she worked there, I was there. I had I told her I loved that place and I had never I didn't even know that place existed. Oh shut up. No, it's true. You didn't know Hot Dog on a stick. Our relationship is foundation is founded on a lie. That you love <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, whose is it? <laughs> it's
2: okay so here's the answer my wife
1: thinks i'm at buffalo wild wings right now watching <laughs> football so
2: so here here's my thoughts on on what do we do with our with our sons i think we just teach them to be men real men not douchebags the the that whole what is masculinity that, that's that we've kind of lost that throughout the throughout the years i feel like if we can just center our sons and teach our sons and And build in our sons that idea that their job here with their families and even before they're married is to provide, protect, and preside, they will be okay. And if they're not, they're going to be strong enough and resilient enough to handle whatever comes their way. Um, And if they are 19, 20, 21-year-old frat boys and they get into a little bit of douchebaggery, they're going to be mad enough to take their consequences and own up to it. So, I mean, I think that's the right answer all the way around. Teach them to be strong men that take care of their tribe, that take care of themselves, and and develop themselves and grow themselves, and it's gonna be just fine. And if it's not, they're gonna be strong enough to handle it. Because you know what? I no doubt there are there are false accusations out there, absolutely, or miscommunication, or people are confused, whatever. I don't care. But if we if we raise our men to be strong, and we raise our men to be leaders, I don't think it's gonna be as big of a problem, and I'm not as worried about it.
1: Okay, I have a theory actually about that. I'm glad you talked that uh, about that because I um, I feel like when. So I think I, I don't want to get into conspiracy things or conspiracy theories or anything like that, but I do believe that there are people. I don't I don't believe that this Me Too mo- movement was organic. I don't believe that at all. I think that me, the Me Too thing. Had everything was put into place a long time ago, and they were just waiting for the right moment to spring it on everybody. So maybe, who? How did the Me Too movement even start? It was at the. It's the Harvey Weinstein, guy, right? Yeah. It was one. It was that. Gr-
2: <laughs> he is kind of you look at it, man. I do. How did every, you not know? Every once in a while,
1: I say to Mrs. Johnson, "I'll be like, hey, do you want to do a Harvey Weinstein?" And she says, "What's that?" And he said, "Do you want to watch me shower?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she. I think. That, Mrs. Johnson, to her credit, I think she laughs at my jokes, even when she doesn't think it's funny. And I think most of the time she doesn't think it's funny. But I I don't believe it's organic. And I do believe that our initial reaction, like however it made us feel in the moment, that was what they were trying to make. that, That was the response they were trying to elicit from us. So you hear about the Me Too movement. What's the first you think? I mean, what like personally, how did that affect, did it have any effect on you personally as far as like emotionally, Mike?
0: Uh, well, it had zero like, uh, like po- political effect on me. Like my life didn't change a bit because maybe I'm not a douchebag. Maybe. I don't know. But here's- uh, the
1: Jury's still out on that,
0: Spurgeon. Probably. Okay. Let's, let's start doing some interviews. Get the FBI, invo- FBI involved. So what I think, yeah. All right. So this big question. Are these douchebags now running scared? They should be. All of these douchebags now—it's up, it's over. Right. So the Me Too movement, to me, said women and good on them rose up and said, "F this. We're right. not gonna. We're we we no longer accept this level of misbehavior from men anymore. It stops now. And Great. I'm and I'm a Me Tooer as far as that's concerned. All right. I let me just interrupt you there. I just I want to take a doing.
1: quick poll here.
0: Um, To that extent. All
1: in favor of the Me Too movement, as just explained by uh, Mike uh, Manifest?
2: Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we're okay at
1: that point. Because at some point, I feel like it kind of went off the rails, and it trickled down into me, and it was an attack, like they, they were trying to, you understand what I'm saying? It became a man versus women thing, not a women versus really creepy Hollywood producer people. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, at some point these things, I mean, at some point you've got to think that all the Nazis are dead, to borrow a metaphor, and then that's it. But a year later, we're still talking about This is still an issue, but they're not catching any more Nazis. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I think that this movement, though, because there is this whole population of men who bad behavior is their only behavior. Those dudes need to be brought to task. Like those dudes need to be put in check. Okay. And so, if this movement runs itself, any movement ends when the the thing no longer needs to be attacked or addressed. So, how long does it go? I don't know. We're still in a in a in a um, in a the American experience still requires attention to civil rights. Okay. okay? Uh, the American experience still requires attention to certain things that may never end and so will this movement continue on and for how long who knows that's okay will it look here's another thought it is it was created by a person and it's run by a person and there is, it is that just makes it broken and flawed, and it's going to go off the rails, and it's going to be messed up. It's not pure. Maybe it started with pure ideology, but now it's turned and into morphed into something else. Totally fine and acceptable. That's what happens in humanity. It's what happens in religions. It's what happens in business, school, families. A culture is made up of people. Has that culture gotten corrupted in some ways? Absolutely, for sure, of course it has. All cultures do. That doesn't make it that doesn't mean we just now run it down and shoot it and say it's it's uh, co- it's fully corrupt. Right, Is it sorry, partially corrupt? Totally? Is it fully corrupt? I don't think so. Here,
1: here's my next question, then. So, how old you s- did you say your son was? Uh, twelve. Okay, your son's twelve. Your son comes home from school tomorrow, and he's accused of something. And let's just say, for the purposes of this argument, let's say he's w-
0: twenty-one.
1: Okay, he's twenty. Let's say, let's say that he's sixteen years old. And he gets drunk, and he tries to whatever, climb on a girl. and doesn't go well. It's over. Game over. You know, no harm, no foul, so to speak. She kicks him off. You know, drunken kids doing drunken things, whatever. Move on. Five years from now, ten years from now, he's in this otherwise good, productive life. You know, he had a momentary lapse of, like, drunken stupidity. And let's just assume for the record it's true. All right. It happened. It, but it's again, we've all done things in our past that we're not proud of. Everybody, 100 percent without question, 10 years from now that he's up for an interview for a job or up for a job or something like that. or he's running for mayor or whatever. And he's a, this thing comes back when he's 15, 16 years old, done something stupid. I mean, you're counseling with your father. What are you going to tell him?
0: I'm going to tell him. This this is what I think what I tell him. You face the firing squad and accept the bullets as they and come. Then let me say this: we treat this as if this is a is an, as an excusable douchebaggery behavior. Well, I, one thing I did
1: left out. Let's let's say that in his mind, they're both. In his mind, it's consensual. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he thought he got a signal. He thought she was like, all right, come in for the kill, whatever. And then it turns out he totally misread it. I'm not yeah. saying, like, he's like, I, and I, sh- I should have put, because that matters. I, I don't want you to think that I'm thinking, like, oh, no, you can try and jump I on I think I teach
0: my son about respect and boundaries and consent. I think he needs to understand that this is the new playing field, that you now need to get buy-in, acknowledged buy-in, and that's how he needs to be, that's how he needs to grow up he's grew up under that set of guidelines. I've
2: got a thought there. I think that sh- has always been the playing field and always should be the playing field. You know, consent, respect boundaries. I honestly in my opinion, that started going downhill as pornography started getting more and more severe and
0: more and more Interesting. available to people. I would agree to that. I, I don't so know, I, I'm not sure I
1: understand that what what you're So and I, and I know just just for the audience, we are going to do um an episode in the very near future specifically on pornography and not necessarily the moral aspects of it, but there are biological and chemical things happening in the brain when you're consuming that stuff. Correct, Jeremy?
2: Absolutely. All right.
1: And we are going to do an episode just on that. And we're, you know, you'll see that post here probably next two couple weeks. So, but go ahead back to what you were saying, Jeremy.
2: So, you know, pornography and the, we're a culture of pornography. Now every sex sells, we've known that forever. And, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you know, the worst pornography you could find easily was a Playboy. And today I would I would call that benign, right? I, I was at
1: the I was at the there's a have you ever been to that big antique mall that's there on Charleston? I love and then
2: my wife loves and, that place
1: And in the fifteen. Yep. I was in there one time and I remember there were stacks of like vintage Playboys, like for sale, they're all dusty and everything. I remember picking one up and thinking. Man, I remember when this is something. Now it's kinda like it's an antique. Yep. Literally in an antique store. You know? So that's how far we've
2: And it's it's evolved. Pornography has become more more graphic, more violent. Um that there's a whole you know, if you if you're a director of pornography, your job is to just just uh videotape penetration. It's not to produce something that shows a loving healthy sexual relationship and that does something to our brains and it hardwires our brains and our frontal lobe actually shrinks if it starts to become a problem when our frontal lobe shrinks it makes it really hard to make good decisions
3: so you were, you were talking about jeremy you were talking about con- that it had something to do with consent
2: yeah i, I was curious about where, you, where you're headed with that well, and I, then also mike's thing about take the bullets so if 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 the consent part of it is if we've got a kid who was basically raised on porn which smartphones came out in 2006 porn was available before then not as easily accessible and not as frequently accessible it was more opportunistic i don't wait till my parents were asleep or you know that you have to wait until no one's in the house just to use it now they can use it anywhere in private um the fact that they can do that and it's messing with them biologically i feel it it maybe it turns them into douchebags maybe that's the right way to put it um And what are the messages they hear on pornography? Every woman wants it. Every woman enjoys it. And... Every
0: woman's available all the time for it.
2: Yep, every woman's available all the time, whenever they want. And that's what they see day in and day out. So that's what's molding their their mindset about women. And so they go to this girl at school and they they want to pursue her. Why wouldn't she want me? Why wouldn't she want to try this with me? Why would... Oh, she said no. Well, when they say no in the porn video, he just pushes harder, and she goes for it. So when I say consent, like pornography, they don't show consent in pornography. It's not a thing. It doesn't. It's not one of those things that 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 they show or that they portray. And so, I think a lot of young boys and 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 you know, 2006 or on, all the all the men over about the age of 18 right now have been raised with smartphones in their pockets. And it's really just kind of done a damage to us as a culture as far as this whole concept. As you're
1: you're saying that, I'm thinking right now that, um, I mean, really, the only method at this point, like we're raising sons in this environment, like you said, where everything's pornography. I remember when I was 18 years old, I lived, I grew up in a small town in central Utah. But I remember moving from small central town in Utah to England, where I did a six-month study abroad. And the things they put on the outside of their magazines in Europe were far worse than anything I ever saw on the inside of any you know random Playboy you you know that you would see you know growing up. I mean, we all had that experience growing up where you saw the Playboy and that was it. But for me, that kind of put me in a whole different league. And we've caught up. At, I'm sure I don't even want to know what's on the outside of the magazines over there now. Anyway, I guess my my point with the, all of this is the only really method that works at this point is the Jim Bob Duggar method where where nobody... (laughs) The Duggars. I think the Duggar method where the side hug is the only appropriate show of affection before marriage. Can my wife watch this? Does, Does anybody else watch the Duggars? Like no okay so, so here's kids, the rule i'll there, give you no? the i'll give you the dugger rule in fact i think we should maybe cause uh, call this podcast the him to who cares jim bob dugger was right episode of or is right episode of the alpha quorum is that before they get no no up until the point where they're married they can only hug but they can only do a side hug so like a one i'm like how i would like i think that like I hug dudes like with more, you know,
0: physical affection than, physical than the
1: Duggars do. And then they kiss each other for the first time on their wedding day. And I'm not being that's ser- an
0: unhealthy extreme at the other end. So I we're don't kind know. Of looking I mean, at this from two different two different bookends. But
1: is it is it really unhealthy? At, we're at a point now where consent doesn't matter. It doesn't. We're, 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 we're I don't know. We're sending mixed messages to our kids. And I think we kind of have to say, pick a side. And again, we have no we have no control of the way our kids do this. But in order to protect them and keep them from things coming back and biting them 10, 15, 20 years down the road.
2: You can't raise your kids to be scared of the boogie monster either. Oh, like, I'm, not
1: te- I'm not teaching them to be scared. I'm just saying, you know what? Let's be smart. Maybe. Because I don't think this, I, I would not say, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say that, look, I was 35 years old. All right. And I, I was divorced and um, I got a girl pregnant out of wedlock. All right. And I love I, I, I love my daughter. I wouldn't change it. But at the same time, it, it certainly has complicated my lives, So my life and in, in, in certain ways. So you can make an like you can make a moral arg- argument for chastity and that God doesn't want you to do it. But there's a much more practical application. And a there's a much more practical. Yes argument for for being chased outside sure. and that especially in this environment like don't go there because you know what woody allen said right the most expensive sex is free sex so that's kind of you know that's the the world we're living in now and maybe that's the way again I never met jim du- jim bob dugger probably never will do your, you you don't have
0: i don't you know, pay any attention to any of that you've
1: got no.
2: some science to back you up there too though you know they've done all these studies and and couples who cohabitate before marriage, which implies sex as well, much higher divorce, r- divorce rates. Something Jordan Peterson talks about a lot if you guys ever listen to him. You know, if, if there's not that, that, that bond of marriage, that legal ramification of, oh, if I screw this up, it's going to hurt. And not just emotionally. Um, if that's not there, you're basically saying, hey, you know, this is working for us right now, but I reserve the right to trade you in when a better model shows up right and it just it just destroys i i feel it destroys people i'm not saying that people who do it are bad or anything i'm just saying that wasn't what i chose to do and it worked out pretty well for me i think it works out pretty well for everybody
1: well until she hears about the fact that you
2: didn't like the corn dogs she already knows Uh, all right
0: so i think jeremy's making a good point and it's that lack of commitment skin in the game pun intended that if you don't have that, then you are very, very possibly. <laughs> that was the wrong pro- metaphor to use. <laughs> 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 Dude, you set the ball, I spiked it. I mean, how <laughs> that just that, that was are you too. As, are
2: you assuming? Assume, wow, are you assuming they are uncircumcised?
0: That was easy money. That was an easy spike. All right, I, so all right. without, would you, but yeah, what Jeremy's saying is exactly right, and I agree. If the the one of the thing I think that's eroded in this sort of porn culture, if we want to use that phrase is this lack of commitment regarding the sexual interaction. This is a piece of humanity that has, pa- that has grave power and, as you pointed out, grave consequences. And what we do now in modern American uh, society here is we, we cheapen it down so much that we are, we are in this social experiment that we don't know how it's going to turn out. As Jeremy was talking about, we're raising these, these teenagers now that are sexually saturated at an aggressive level. It is too much for their brains to handle. We don't know what they're going to turn into. We can, expri- we, we can we see what they're like. We've got the generation now that um,
2: the, these young men were raising in this culture. And then they get married and, and they think things are going well. But then they wonder why their wives won't have sex with them. Right, like they were just—they're saturated. They've been saturated. They have all these expectations. The expectations are unmet. I would learn what it's like to be a real man, and if they're not a real man, why would they want one? I would lay a dollar to a
1: donut, Jeremy, that most guys that come in to see you—that's their primary complaint.
2: Yeah, I could I could feed my family very well if that's all I did all day. Just getting guys to learn how to be, learn how to initiate sex and be vulnerable enough to do that learning how to be the man and take the responsibility and provide protect preside and really learning how a woman works not only physically but emotionally if man I could, I could
1: learning how a woman works emotionally it, like that can even be done that's a unicorn not, you're looking for it doesn't hard, exist it's not as hard a as you unicorn. think it is <laughs> i've I've got enough experience with women to know that 100% of women are nuts. And the only question Uh-oh. we have to answer as men is, is this my <laughs> brand of nuts? That's it. That's Derek's the, acting
0: the provocateur that's
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're 35 minutes into this podcast. It, if you're still listening, you deserve a, uh, you know, a little bit uh, of provocation. So anyway, where were we before we got off track? I, I do. I, I do think we've got some pretty good stuff here. I'm, is there anything else anybody wants to add before we wrap this up? I think we're about, thir- what are we, 35 minutes in?
0: The only one thought that I was thinking about earlier, and Brad had asked about the, the bullets. And what I meant by that was, let's say that this kid has this dalliance, right? Whatever we want to call it, where he does this thing, and it comes back to haunt him. I don't, I don't personally think that there's anything different than that. than if th- Let's say my kid cheated on his taxes, stole some money, embezzled some money, got away with it, and it comes back and bites him in the ass. You take the firing squad. You take the bullets. Let's say he, uh, but I see, I, I, I agree with you, but I
1: don't think the Kavanaugh thing had
0: anything to do with justice. I don't care about that, it. was a hatchet job. Yeah, who knows who I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to touch that. Here's what I'm talking but about.
1: But I, what I'm, I'm asking the question under the assumption that if this comes back to bite you, it is a, because it, at the end of the day, he thought it was consensual, nobody. Was hurt, so to speak. Nothing yeah, happened. I don't. There's no I there, know. there. So I my question know. is, like, if it comes back to bite him, more than likely, this is, it's an assault. It's a hatchet job. They're going after him for another reason. I don't this know. is just, okay.
0: I, I, I'm not on that train, but what I would say with my kid is, look, man, sometimes you get to choose your actions. You don't get to choose the consequences. And if this is the consequence, then we'll go through it together. We'll face it together. We'll deal with it. If this is something that happened, then you take the bullets, man. You pay the price. That's what happens in life. Men stand up to the things that have happened to them if they are are culpable in that. So, the Kavanaugh thing is too complicated. I don't know that I want to touch that i
1: am w- I'm just I'm using it as an example because that's it just happened. You know, it's still in kind of the public consciousness. We've yeah. Just, yeah, we just yeah. we just went through this long sort of whatever what Super do you call it? nomination thing. approval process, whatever it is. And it was I don't even to be honest, with you, I didn't even watch it. I, I didn't care. You know, it was kind of like this doesn't affect. I mean, at this point, it's out of my hands. I mean, I don't even.
2: I think. I think that's right on point. It is out of your hands. It's out of all of our hands. I mean, if anybody was prepared for that, it was him. The man had his calendars from that year, for heaven's sake. Still, that's ridiculous. And so, if if it could happen to him, and he was that prepared, like you just have to, like, you can't live your life worrying about (laughs) Uh, it. Jeremy's
1: calendar right now. It's like (laughs) uh, nineteen (laughs) ninety nine. Arguably, hot hot dog on a stick, stocking two
2: thousand (laughs) three. Two (laughs) thousand (laughs) three. Arguably, I don't know that stocking
0: helped him because. They Just didn't. They didn't. They help really, him. it was nothing. But the the reality is, is is
2: is somebody who's that prepared, that that uh whatever you want to conscientious. Yeah. Like, for heaven's sakes, like if it's gonna happen, you don't have any control over it other than your actions in this moment. And so you may get accused of something you didn't do. All you have control over right now is how you how you talk to people, how you respect people. Wh- Take control now. If it happens, whatever. Can you
1: imagine there. what a killer that would have been if on his calendar it said got drunk, tried to dry hump a girl right there like on Gosh. his calendar?
0: I think, though, these are, good ex- these are good things to have conversations with your son about and say, look, here's the thing, son. When you go to parties and you drink and you associate with these types of uh, situations, if something bad happens in that situation, you put yourself there. And so I would say to my son, this is what it means to be a conscientious this is adulting. On the if surface pay level. attention to the people you're with, uh, on the, the people you're doing those things with, and if something bites you in the ass later and it's super gray and super sketchy and there are valid reasons to believe the other side against you, I think you have done yourself a disservice by being involved in that. I will help you and I'll defend you, but son, I wish to hell that you had never allowed yourself to be in a situation where that could even, call, you could be called into question. So, you are, you are exactly culpable to the accusation, whether or not the accusation is fully valid or not. And I would also say this. A lot of these women, and this is something I've been studying lately, uh, there are women who do make these very, pu- very public false accusations. They get prosecuted. There was a woman in Las Vegas who made allegations against a group of dentists, and the DA, as far as I know currently, is still looking into a prosecution of false criminal charges. So these women... I'm of the opinion, I'm right now, and I could be disabused and my mind could be changed, but I'm of the opinion that I'm more swayed to believe the accuser more often than not. Um, And I am glad that there are criminal consequences against the false accusations. And from what I read... The, the amount of false accusation is really low. It's a very, very low number on balance. How, how do you quantify that, though? From, w- from the people that I read the research of, and these are researchers who are looking at these allegations, and we'll have to put some show notes and some, some links, but from all accounts, from what I have been digesting, is those accusation numbers are relatively low, and the ones that are proven, I guess what I'm saying is the ones that are proven false, very low. So it's a whole lot of... Smoke and mirrors again. Maybe to go back, like I just feel like this argument doesn't hold a lot of water. And men of good character and good standing who are not douchebags really have nothing to worry about.
1: Well, I hope I hope you're right. I don't know if I believe you yet. I think that there are. I, I, <sighs> It seems to me that this happens more often than not with somebody that is on the other side of, you know, the political movement de jour, the one that's the more favored by those in power. Um, I will say this um, and just kind of wrapping up here. Uh, we've learned a lot tonight. We've got uh, we've got a lot. I think that uh, as far as from a practical application, it seems to me like what we just witnessed with Kavanaugh, especially raising our sons in this environment, you've got some leverage. And in theory, it seems like it would make it easier to teach them some of these lessons. Like, look guys, I know that this looks fun. And I know that your body is telling you do this. I am going to show you with like concrete evidence why you don't want to do this. Take the moral argument out of it. Like take God, take Jesus, take Buddha, take all of that out of it. And you've got a real solid argument for why you just don't go there. Because this thing, it, we live in a world where nothing ever goes away. It's, you know, it's all out there. It can all come back. And at any day, if you're guilty of even anything or even close to something, like if there's even
2: smoke, it can come back and wreck you at any time. Can you imagine people running for president ten years from now that have had a Twitter account for thirty five plus years? <laughs> is that actually why, is that why
3: you're not on that, is that why you're not on social media, Jeremy? Well
0: cuz you're not running announce- for president I'm not in 30 years.
2: Are you making
1: an announcement, Jeremy? <laughs> are you?
2: I am now over the age of 35, so I guess I could. Isn't it 40? I thought you had to be you're 40. You're over
0: days. the age of 30 35. 35
1: and not born in Kenya, so I think you're qualified now. I read wow. a scary quote the other day
0: and it said, "You should be most afraid when your generation is running the government." And so when the millennials are now at the level of running for president, that'll be a whole different planet. That'll be a whole different Set of. Mm. As long as we have flying
1: cars back then, I don't really care who's running the show. I just, I want to, I want to have a flying car before I die. At this point, iPhone's cool. You know, I like the fact that you know the internet and I can tweet somebody on the other side of the earth in three seconds and they can hear from me. The only thing I'm holding out for now at this point is a flying car. And the moment I get a flying car, I can die happy. I feel like I've seen everything.
0: But I think this platform is very good because. We are men, I think, who want to raise our boys with a, with a different understanding. I don't say that I was raised with um, an, a, 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 a level of respect uh, for women that, that is out of bounds with what I'm going to teach my son. So I was done right. I was done a great service by being raised by a single mother. And I watched her, and I, and I have some memories of how she may have been treated that maybe inform how I choose to treat women, and now we will teach my son, that did me a service. I got through adolescence and my life so far, and have not, not only have I not put myself conscientiously in those situations, um, uh, I didn't feel that it did any women a service to even get close to those lines. So I, for whatever reason, I felt like there was a line and I stayed way beyond it. And I'm going to raise my son the same way. So This seems to be a vehicle that we can speak to those men and maybe help inform some of those dads regarding these issues as they raise their sons. So this manhood 2.0 begins like what you said earlier. Manhood 2.0. It begins now. I'm
1: still working on that. I'm going to fast and pray about what I want to call this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to... I almost said something I shouldn't say. You know what I was about to say. I'm not going to say it. So no, I'm I'm going to work on the whatever the nomenclature is going to be for this masculinity. See, that's just too much. It's too much. I can't say it. So anybody else want to add anything before we uh, call it a podcast? I'm straight. How do we reach you, Jeremy? If anybody wants to come and find out out to- of get their wife to want to have sex with them
2: oh man now now my schedule's gonna be twice as full i hope right (laughs)
1: if your wife doesn't want to have sex with you come talk to jeremy (laughs) he helps men get their wives to have sex with them for a living he's very good at it wow what's your success
2: rate (laughs) what did you say Uh. like i don't i haven't done any analysis on that but they keep coming back and when they're they're done they're done so i guess that's good That's cool. Um, They can look me up on Google or psychology today.
1: All right, cool. And Mike, anything you want to add? How do we get a hold of you? Uh How do we get on the Mexican motorcycle tour?
0: I'm on the Insta and the Facebooks. Uh, I think it is on Instagram. That's probably the best one. Maybe the one I check the most. Uh, What the crap is it called? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm Hobo calling. Moped. Hobo Moped. There it is. Hobo Moped, one word. Hobo Moped. And then Taco Mike. Well, uh, that's just my goofy nickname. Oh. Right. I don't think you can find me on that. I think it's Hobo Moped.
1: All right. All right, guys. Well, hey, I appreciate your time tonight. I think we had a great time. I think we got some really good points. Um, we're going to go ahead and name this one. Hashtag him, too. Hashtag who cares. Hashtag Jim Bob Duggar was right. I'm done.
0: Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.